Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Sit down, Zumok podcast. Coming at you live and direct from an undisclosed location. This is a Z-Man sounding like a classic rock DJ about to hit the post. We're coming up with another nonstop block of Foreigner at the top of the hour. I'm up against it, but we'll also be giving away two tickets to Mark's Great American Rib Burn-Off right here on 98.5 WNCX. Okay, that's enough. Chad Zumach, that's my name. How are you today? This is a great episode. I'm excited for this episode. I got an email from Bob. You can always email me directly, chadzumach3 at gmail.com or through my website. Bob, much like a lot of people who have tagged me in tweets, Bob goes, love the podcast, loyal listener, but I would love to see Dave Landau on the podcast. Well, guess what? Bob, guess what? Bob Kurtland, is that how you say it? Dave Landau is on this week's episode. Dave's a, uh, he's been a very requested guest. I think it's because of me going on the compound media shows, but I got to sit down with Dave. I've known Dave for a long time, and we talk about everything, O&A, Howard Stern, how we got to start in comedy in Detroit. Uh, It's a good conversation. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoy it, but before we get to Dave Landau, let's talk about some dates. I got dates, y'all. This is coming out today. So this is the 23rd, October 23rd, the 25th through the 27th. I'm going to be at the Funny Stop in Cuyahoga Falls slash Akron. I got five shows, two on Friday, two on Saturday. And if you listen to this, you want to get on on the show Thursday, email me directly. I'll put you on the list. I got you for Thursday. I hope to see you. I got a lot of new material. It's going to be a lot of fun. The 29th through November 3rd, I'm going to be in New York City doing spots throughout the city. I'm going to be, uh, as the aforementioned Compound Media, I'm going to be on the Anthony Cumia show with Dave Landau, October 31st, Halloween. Halloween, I will be on there. I think I'll be on Burning Bridges the same day. And on November 1st, I'll be on Bennington on Sirius XM. Ron Bennington, the best radio guy out there. No one's better than Ron Bennington. Nobody. There's not a radio guy out there that is better than Ron Bennington. And I'm not even kissing his ass. That's what I, he's the best. Ron is the best. So I'm excited to be back on the Bennington show. My fifth time. I'm not counting. And I'm also doing spots. So follow me on social media. The Instagram, that's what I'm active on. The Twitter. Uh, I got the YouTube page where you can listen to this podcast now. You go over to YouTube. Go to YouTube.com backslash Adventures in Argyle. Hit subscribe. It's free. 
And I put up videos and all kinds of stuff. I was late to the game on building my YouTube page. I, uh, I, I was focused back in the day on building my old radio show's YouTube page, but I never built mine. So I'm, I'm late to the game. If you could help me out, that'd be great. Also, I also, it's always in the description, but I never mention it. Laughable, the app. Laughable is an app my buddy Ned Kenny came up with, and it's, it's where I listen to all my podcasts, all of them. And it's free to download. Just go to the store, download Laughable, and you can follow any comedian or anyone, really, throughout their podcast journeys. So if you go to Laughable and you put me in the search engine, press follow, and it'll show you all the podcasts I've been on or the ones I'm coming on or the ones that are coming out. But it's a great app. I listen to all the podcasts. You know, you got the regular, you know, podcast app that I have. I have an Apple iPhone. And sometimes that can be a little janky, but with Laughable, it's 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 so easy to use. I, I recommend it. It's free, and I get nothing in return for that. I just want to let you guys in on a good way to listen to my podcast. So hit subscribe, follow, and I think you'll enjoy it. Laughable.com. Tell them Chad sent you. Boop, boop. Oh, some more dates, and we'll get to this week's episode. Hang with me here. Uh, you know anyone in Colorado, Denver? If you do... I'm headlining the world-famous Comedy Works November 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. Come on out. Hit me up. I would like to, I'd like to sell some tickets there. It's the second time they're bringing me back, so uh, it's a legendary club. It's where Dave Attell recorded the legendary Skanks for the Memories. So I always look forward to going to Denver. They got a great scene, a lot of great comics out there. Brent Tobler, Jeffrey Tice, who did my tour poster. A lot of good comics, good area. Looking forward to Denver. And then October 11th, I'm sorry, 12th and 13th, four shows at the Comedy Spot in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm at the Comedy Spot in Scottsdale, Arizona. I haven't been there in two years. Love Scottsdale. Love Phoenix. Got a lot of friends out in Scottsdale. A lot of hot chicks. A lot of ladies. A lot of nice ladies out there. Mike Bibby's out there. You remember Mike Bibby dissed me? Former NBA player Mike Bibby? Yeah, well, I'm going to go to that lifetime fitness i know you ball there at noon and if you do that if you diss me again the z-man's gonna come at you bro fuck you mike bibby so that's 12th and 13th and i'm in hollywood los angeles california the 15th through the 22nd i'm doing spots everywhere i'm gonna be at the sycamore tavern on the 18th the 16th on mike tully's show i'm at barney's beanery i got a spot the hollywood improv maybe comedy and magic who knows? Chadzumok.com. You know what's up. All right. Let's get this shit going, man. Let's get this shit going. All right. Like I said before, Dave Landau is the guest on this week's Sit Down Zumok podcast. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dave Landau. That's a wrap. <laughs> Right, man. Never let you down with the stereo sound. Oh, so I get on the mic, go turn it out. I kick it through down. Do the boom, boom, 
All right, Dave Landau, you are my most requested guest. Bert Kreischer was, but Bert's been on three times. Well, there you go. Yeah, so I always put these like little surveys out, like who do you who would you like to have on? Kevin was one, but Kevin's been on. But now it's Landau. All right, and well, it's I'm, happening. I'm glad to be on it. Dave Landau, hey, come on, that's you. Yeah, so we're in an cool. undisclosed location doing yes. this podcast. Yeah, it's uh, not a bar in <laughs> Ohio. <laughs> it's it's the bar across from uh, Compound Media where Bill Schultz goes. Yes, <laughs> <A> and, <lot. laughs> and Gino. And Gino Biscotti. They're, they're both unconscious three feet away from us. Oh. So, Dave, um, congratulations on working with uh, your radio idol, Anthony Cumia. Thank That's pretty you. cool, huh? It's incredible. You know, I, I, we've talked before in the past. Like The reason why I got into stand-up comedy was because I was a huge Stern fan, and Artie Lang was like... I was like, I, I I was obsessed with Artie, like his stories about his book and. Oh yeah, well, uh, I used to listen to him on ninety-seven-one when I was an industrial painter, and that's actually when I first heard Opie and Anthony was in uh, Detroit Market. They were on very briefly that I yeah. loved, but yeah, I used to listen to Opie or I used to listen to Stern and Artie every day. Yeah, I was late to the ONA train. Like I got into it a little bit later. But uh, like, like at their height when they were doing those tours with uh, Patrice and everybody, I yeah, they did one in Detroit and I think Ohio too, like because they were briefly syndicated there. But it wasn't that long because of the bigger radio shows like uh, Drew and Mike in the market, and then of course Stern was right. huge there because he was actually a uh, what do you call it? Not syndicated, but he did a show out of Detroit before he was in New York. That's right. I yeah, remember yeah. private parts. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. Him be living in Detroit. Yeah. yeah. So he had this huge fan base there already. So it just built and built and built as he became syndicated. Yeah. He was on 98.5 WNCX in Cleveland. Okay. Uh, every morning I would listen to Stern, wake up. Um, you know, I remember when uh, September 11th happened. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, in my car listening to Stern, going to college, going, what? Are we under attack? Like, yeah. He stayed on, didn't he, if yes. I remember correctly? That's what I thought. Yeah. Because that's what I listened to as well. I was going back and forth between. I don't remember it well, but I do remember that he stayed on. Yeah. And I remember going, I, I, I thought it was, at first I thought it was a bit. And then I go, wait, we're, this is World War Three. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. was going crazy. Because I just got, and it was so ironic because the night before I watched Red Dawn, that's extremely ironic. And I was just like, I really was like, I, do I go to, the, I got to go to the store and go to the mountains. Yeah, you just start <laughs> loading a truck with guns and grabbing all your friends. I, I got to go find the local high school football team. Yeah, it's like, yeah let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I was, I walked out of, I remember I walked downstairs, I was 19. Yeah. I think, and yeah, 19 or 18, and uh, I walked downstairs and I looked and the towers were burning and I was like, oh, that's the shittiest pilot ever. And my mom's like, what's wrong with you? And then, <laughs> and I was like, oh, we're we're all under attack. And like my, the saddest thing that happened to me on 9-11 was I think I paid $5 for gas. I have no <laughs> sob story, nothing bad happened. You know what I mean? Like you your first joke. Yeah, yeah. She was just like, what's wrong with you? But yeah. <laughs> That's when I got the itch for comedy. Yeah, right then. <laughs> 9-11. I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> and that was my first open mic. Actually, I think it was like September 15th, 2001. <laughs> really? Yeah, like a couple days later. That's funny, man. Just coincidentally. I think I was already on the list. <laughs> so, yeah, so I listened to Stern every morning, and I was just like, and Artie, I know I just, because he was like the lovable loser, and I'm a loser, yeah. and I connected with, you know, a degenerate. I'm like, you know. 
I'm like, I, I connect with this guy. and yeah, I was a drunk and an addict, yeah. and I connected with him in that way, even though he wasn't really admitting it. Just like he admitted he had problems and there was yeah. stuff, you know, but I really, I was still using. Right. So it, I connected with him in that way of like, well, this guy's successful. You know, yeah. why can't I be and keep doing this to exactly. myself? Exactly. like, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And. And that's what's great about him is he makes it look easy. Yeah. And that's why people uh, think it's so easy to be in radio or do things like that yeah. is because he's so naturally great at what he does. It's very difficult, you know. So now fast forward to 2018. I mean, can you just like put it? You're replacing Artie Lang. How crazy is that? It's insane. That well, is so weird. It's weird because I don't. I guess I don't really see it as replacing because I was brought in as a third mic. Yeah. Because Artie and I would like be in the bathroom and he's like, like how do like Artie would tell me like how do you get here more like when we just pass in the hallway like could yeah. we pay you to come in an extra day a week? Yeah. And I'd be like I I don't know and then I and, don't necessarily believe you were brought in as a third mic. That's just my I have no back no I. I'm just I going. Think they were going in that direct. That's just no one's told me that. And honestly, no one's told me that either. Yeah. I like. I was told because Artie made it sound like he wanted me there, yeah. and I think he did. I mean, we get along great. Yeah. And Anthony oh, did. Guy. He's yeah. dude. He's such a good person. Yeah. And uh, I got brought in, and it was pretty short, though. I'll give you that. It was three weeks later yeah. that he couldn't do the show, but he was, you know. I remember talking to Florentine. I go, "How is that going to work?" Because with Artie there, it was hard to get a word in. I go, how are they going to bring a third mic? Right. You know, and I have nothing but love for Artie. I'm not shitting on him, but it was just like the, when you're sitting between Anthony Kumia and Artie Lang, two of the quickest people out there, I go, how are they gonna, how's Dave going to navigate that? I always just stepped in when I could and threw in when I want. You know, it, it's just following their rhythm. Like there was just, you're sort of in the middle of a tennis match refing it. You just jump in where you can or yeah. throw out a line. And if you make Artie laugh, you got a few more things that you can throw in, a few more beats because yeah. he's laughing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, he's a genius. I mean, he, I will say that Anthony and Artie are the two funniest people I've ever sat next to. It, it, they're lightning fast. It's unbelievable. Yeah. They are. And like, I, by the time I come up with someone, you're already like five things ahead. I'm like, I'm so behind. Well, and he, people are so ruthlessly cruel to him now that I've seen on Twitter and talking about the stories that he does. With and Artie. all the Yeah. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. you know, talking about, like, he's a heroin addict. Yeah. Like, people need to calm the fuck down and let him get well. Yeah. You know, it's difficult for him. Yeah. Like, yes, you're mad at him, but at the same time, like, he's mad at himself. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, you don't need, he doesn't need that extra. <laughs> no, he's gonna, like, people think tough love is always this answer, but tough love hasn't worked for him ever. Right. He just needs love right now sure. is the way that I see it you know well that's that's a normal stable guy thinking and you know a lot of people out there they don't necessarily they, just because we do weird jobs they think we're like on some marquee like you know like we're not human yeah it's bizarre yeah yeah it is definitely bizarre and I and I think Anthony I you know I, I he never said a bad word about Artie so it's hard for me to right. say like what I was brought in for or whatever reason I never heard him say anything against him sure. once so no that was just that's my conspiracy theory I just said yeah I was like yeah they'd probably groom and land out for the co-host dude I, he was, honestly he, was up, he had the legal situation pending mm -hmm. and nobody really knew what was going to happen so well and even now I'm not sure he could do it because he has yeah. to drop I think three days a week while being watched Oh, okay. So, and it's at random. And I think he has to have stuff signed. At least I know this from when I was on probation. Like, and I, you've been, haven't you? Oh, to I've been yeah. On probation. Yeah, so it's like I think for him to go anywhere, you got to have those signed documents. You got to have all that stuff. Yeah. You know, dot your I's, cross your T's, and right. blow into your car and whatever else you have to do. I think 
I think I heard Bobby Kelly tell a story somewhere that you drove him. You had to blow into your car to drive him somewhere. Yeah, that was the. Uh, this was one of the first times. Well, it was the second time I met Bobby. Yeah. The first time he was telling me that he thought I was really funny, but I was a drunk and I needed to get help. Yeah. And it wasn't because of my behavior at the show. Bob, Bobby's done that to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty good at spotting him, isn't he? Yeah. And uh, yeah, he told me to get help and uh, did try to help me, you know. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for my behavior during the show. Yeah. But it was after, you know, just how much I was drinking, and it wasn't right. that I was hammered, but he was just like, "Dude, why are you pounding these back so easily?" I, I think I hung out with you during your drinking days one time. I think years ago at the uh, like the improv and a couple places, maybe. Yeah, you were fun. Yeah, I was pretty good at it. <laughs> Most people had a really good time with me, actually. Like, it's I, I really wasn't, like, a mean person or anything. I just crashed a lot of cars and ended up in handcuffs quite a bit. How, how many DUIs did you have? Three altogether. Three, okay. But 13 arrests in total. But uh, Involving alcohol? They all involved alcohol. Really? They were all... Uh, 12 were under the age of 21, though. Okay. I think most are under the age of 18, actually. And okay, then one... Okay, you were just a dumb kid, yeah. Yeah, and then one was when I was 27, and that's when I uh, decided... You know, I'd really need to stop. You're not good at it. And now I sell a calendar with my mugshot on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I made the cover of my album my mugshot, so. Yeah, I think it's a good. I went into, uh, it was the police station because they wanted to use my mugshot for the Artie and Anthony show. Yeah. So I walked in and I walk into the police station. I go, yeah, I need the uh, my mugshot. And they go, you want it removed? I was like, no, I need like a copy of it. <laughs> And she, she goes, because why do you want a copy of it? I go, uh, well, I'm on the show, the Artie and Anthony show, and this cop in the back goes, Artie Lang? I go, yeah. He goes, all right, I'll get it. <laughs> see, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like right away, he's like, oh, I see. This guy's just a scumbag who <laughs> he doesn't care if it's up. Well, that was with me, like, when I got the arrest for my DUI charge in 2012. It was all over because it was, like, on the radio at the time. So I remember that really hurt you. It, it, it was brutal. It was one of the to this day one of the worst times of my life because it, it was on all the news stations it was in all the newspapers and it right. was just like I, I was just watching my life crumble in front of me and and it sucks because that's affecting you more because even most people who see that don't give a shit right but in your mind what your mind's doing to you in that moment is it's everything yeah. and it's everywhere you look and it's it, it makes it worse it makes it very hard to stop the one thing to take you out of it you know and it's very he, difficult he, and i remember florentine saying whatever you do do not read any of the comments don't do it yeah i know you're tempted but don't do it so what i do is i read the comments yes and they just destroyed me oh yeah like you're you go this guy's a piece of shit he yep. should be sent away for life and whatever and oh yeah everybody is so quick to throw stones oh, yet yeah. i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna guess 98 percent of the population that has driver's license yeah. have drank in too much and driven a car oh yeah of course the, the, the hypocrisy behind all of it and what really hurt me were the made-up stories like like blatant lies like, yeah i met this guy once he uh he, he tried uh, sleeping with a girl that was, uh, like, underage. Like, just lies. I'm like, wait. Yeah, it's always to some other ridiculous level of, you know, horrific behavior. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I had that where, when you look at, like, Anthony, where they call him a, a woman beater and all this, yeah. even though he was acquitted because right. of film. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so they just um, automatically jump on. I mean, there's a... There's a morning show host in town in Cleveland that just he just constantly lies lies about me and trashes me and it's just it's just weird that you like 
you work your whole life to do something and you're just known for one thing and it's it's unbelievable no it's a terrible thing especially when it's your hometown because i know how much you love cleveland and it's it's like how i love detroit and i know some people like shut up about detroit it's like well it's where i grew up yeah it's how everything that i've learned in my life can relate to other people so i can only relate to you what i know yeah and people aren't that different man like cleveland and detroit supposedly hate each other but it's like a guy in my city owns your basketball team. It's true. Dan you know Gilbert, what I mean? Yeah. Like, and if you, like, we're across, like, dude, if you look at the cities and the way people live, it's the same people. Yeah. There's no difference. I know. It's, I mean, <laughs> like, the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry is like, you know. Oh, it's insane. I've had my car keyed in, like, Columbus and stuff for having a Michigan plate. Yeah. It's like, guys, relax. I don't even like. I don't like college anything. I didn't go to, like, I went to a community college for six months. Relax. I got, I got punched in the face. I went to Kent State University, and our mm. colors are eerily similar to Michigan. Yeah. And I was downtown Cleveland during the Ohio State whatever game, and these Ohio State dudes, they, they punched me. They, they, they were hammered. He just came up and punched me because I was wearing Michigan colors. Right. Yeah. Dude, it's astonishing how, as you get older, you realize how dumb people are. And it, it bothers me because, like, <laughs> I don't think I'm smart. Yeah. But then I see how others behave, and I'm like, I'm a fucking genius compared <laughs> to half this country. And that shouldn't be. Well, you know, you're a comic, so you think we think a little bit differently. We yeah. assess situations different. I don't say we're geniuses, but we definitely analyze life. Yeah, not a real genius just compared to the guy who punched you because you're wearing a color he doesn't like. <laughs> you're definitely a genius compared to that. <laughs> yes. I'm going to give you that. <laughs> so you so you were uh, you were living in Michigan. You were, you were painting? Uh, when I was young, yeah, I was an yeah. industrial painter. Yeah, come on over. We're good. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Right here. That's awesome. Good. Oh, sweet. Thank you. No, I'm good. Thank good. you. Thank you. I think we need silverware. Oh, right here. Oh, oh okay. There we are. Oh, I just pulled back the curtain. Should we uh, pause it or keep yeah, going? Yeah, uh, let's let's do a station identification, and we'll be right back. Right All after right. this. <laughs> Sit down, Zomic. Sit down, Zomic. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Sit Down Zumok podcast. I certainly am. Have I talked about my Patreon page? Patreon.com backslash Sit Down Zumok. That's where you go for extra content. That's where you go to support my podcast. Go there right now. Check out the tiers. For $3 a month, you get additional episodes, special giveaways, behind-the-scenes things. Uh, that's just for $3 a month. That's $3. That's nothing. It's a Bud Light at Happy Hour, man. You can find that in your couch. You know what I'm saying? And if you're a fan of the Kevin Brennan's Misery Loves Company, what I suggest you do is uh, you you... Unfollow him on Patreon and you follow me. Let's do this to Kevin because he'll go crazy. Let's just do it to annoy Kevin. Could you do that? And there's all kinds of tiers. $10 a month, the has-been baller status. There's a meet and greet after my shows. You get comp tickets to one show. That's just for $10, dude. $20. You get a special guest appearance on my podcast. Comp tickets to one of my shows anywhere. I'm coming to Denver. I'm coming to Chicago Falls. I'm coming to New York. I'll be in Scottsdale, Arizona. So, yeah, so for $10 and $20, you can do that. And you get uh, uh, a King of Stupid t-shirt. You get a copy of my album. And if you want to be a sponsor of the show for $100, you can do that. I will promote your product, your business, your podcast, your organization. Kevin Cernier is the lone $100 sponsor. He's with me every week. Kevin is... okay. Kevin's an insurance agent. 
in the state of Ohio. And I went through a, a nasty car wreck, and I didn't have an insurance agent. But Kevin's your guy. If you live in Ohio, he's a State Farm agent. He'll take care of all the unnecessary shit you don't want to deal with. If you get in any kind of fender bender, you know, even if it's home insurance, renter's insurance, whatever, Kevin's your guy. Call him directly, 330-877-2323. He also has a website, kevinsurnair.com. It's in the link of this this podcast description, so you can go right there if you want. And I have two albums online, uh, Reckless Operation and Adventures in Argyle. You can buy my albums. It supports me. It supports the podcast. All right. With that out of the way, let's get back to my conversation with Dave Landau. Enjoy. Sit down, Zomic. Sit down, Zomic. All right, we're back. Dave Landau's doing drugs. <laughs> no, so we're. You don't cook your Tylenol in a spoon. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We're from the uh, the press. I'm just, I'm just I'm being an idiot. My apologies. Leave me alone. So you would you so you started comedy when? I started at Second City in 2001 doing improv. You know what? We have the similar backgrounds because I was in sketch comedy and we would perform at the Second City in Cleveland. Yeah, my buddy uh, Topher Owen was one of the uh, <clears throat> main stage there. Yeah, he came from Topher Detroit. Owen, I remember that dude. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys have a Second City in Detroit? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, John Candy opened it in '93. Mm. So we, yeah, and it ran until like uh, 2000. Eight or nine, I did one of the last shows there, and I mean it. It gave us people like Keegan Michael Key and Larry Joe Campbell, but I mean even later, I was in an improv troupe with Sam Richardson, who's now on um, Detroiters and Veep. Oh, okay. And uh, Tim, the other guys in there. I, I wasn't in a troupe with him, but I knew him there. Like right. it produced a lot of talent actually out of the Detroit area. Yeah, I remember when Second City Cleveland went. I go, uh, I go. Why did it go out of business? He goes. Because uh, improvisers were running it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. No, they don't. <laughs> Same with Detroit. Yeah. You had this great theater there. They literally closed it. Yeah. And called it the City Theater. Mm-hmm. And now it's fine. It does great. <laughs> Just because it's being ran by a business. <laughs> they moved it to the Andiamo, which is an Italian restaurant, the Andiamo showroom in Novi, and they put it above a nightclub. So you'd be on stage, and all you'd hear is like, and it's like, we don't have mics. We're yelling on stage. That would be brutal. It was, dude, it lasted like a year, and then Second City was done. But when it was in downtown Detroit, it was a great, like, right. staple. You remember that club in Missouri? It was Deja Vu, where they had the nightclub downstairs? I sure do. Oh, yeah. Everyone has a Deja Vu story. Where the whole place was underage drinkers? Oh, it was unbelievable. I'm surprised. I, I wonder where Matt is. I don't know if he uh, got in any trouble for that, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just remember... I remember I sent him a veil one day. He's like, hey, it doesn't exist anymore. So right. Like, yeah. All yeah. right, well. <laughs> it's, it got weirder because Thursday was like the big night and nobody was going to the show then. And yeah. then the weekends were just awkward. Yeah. So I think it, like they cracked down on the underage drinking and he went out of business. That was a hook, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was, if you're 18, we'll put this bracelet on you. I hope you don't cut it off in the bathroom <laughs> yeah. and then we'll be able to serve you. <laughs> 
There's always those weird clubs. They always got that story. Dude, that that was a weird town because it was also like a bunch of rednecks and the hottest girls imaginable. I know. It was very weird. Like every one of them were just with a lunkhead. Yeah, exactly. Because they they're they're stuck in that town, so. These dumb hillbillies, they, they end up getting a hot girl because they're around. Yeah, it's just some dude who looks like Duck Dynasty and, like, camo shit and then, like, a 10. And you're like, how is this possible? It was such a ridiculous place to do comedy. I might have to move there, come to think of it. It's not a bad place to live. You could open a club. I hear they're very successful if you let children drink. <laughs> so then after you were doing, like, uh, improv, you kind of went to start going doing open mics or my uh then girlfriend now wife and my friend marty were like dude you're a great writer you should really get on stage instead of just doing sketch and i you know i was like i don't know maybe and i tried open micing a couple times yeah. just to see but i like i made the colossal mistake in 2001 of inviting everyone i've ever met out to my first open mic right yeah. and just eating a barrel of dicks Ooh. fortunately i got a couple laughs because I had been doing sketch on stage. I had some presence, but it was really bad. Right, yeah. And uh, I didn't really want to go up after that, but then they forced me to start going on stage. And Marty got me uh, one night. Marty just showed up at Second City and he's like, All right, we're going to Ridley's. Then we're going to this place called Club Bart. And then we're going to the Heidelberg. And then tomorrow you're going to go to an open mic in Ann Arbor. And we went, and I had some stuff written, and I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. I think that was, like, 03. Okay. Yeah. I started in 05. Okay. So, well, I technically started in 04, but I, I, I bombed so bad that I was like, I'm, I'm done. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's then, how 01 was for me. Then 2002, I lived in L.A. and did drugs, and then 2003, I got serious about it again. I, I lived in L.A., too. Yeah. I started in L.A., which was odd. Did you really? Yeah. I, Second city there? No, I, see, I quit the sketch group, and I was mad at the guy in the group, Mike Polk. You know, oh, I Mike know Polk. Mike. I love yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah he's he was a good my roommate dude. for three years. So. Oh, okay. You guys don't like each other then? No, we're fine. Oh, I was so, going to say. At the time, in 2000, we got in a big fight. Like You can't live with somebody and have it work. Yeah, and, and plus, we were in the same sketch group, so we're always butting heads. Right. You know, and... You know, and people were taking sides in the sketch group, and it became. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah he's a great guy, though. He's so funny. Oh, he's yeah, yeah a great yeah. comic, without a doubt. So you two are like the Cleveland staples that people know nationally. Yeah, you know, I guess yeah, him more so than me. I mean, he's had. He's sort of the. You're more national, though. He's sort of like the Cleveland guy. You yeah. know, like you're national known, but he's. Well, he had those viral videos, the Cleveland tourism. The better video. than Detroit video. Yeah. It's so funny. We're yeah, yeah. Detroit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, I don't care. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I, I when I first time I met him, I think I brought it up. He's like, "Oh yeah, sorry about." I'm like, "Don't, it's funny." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's always been very cool to me. So yeah, yeah. No, so he, so I, I quit the sketch group and moved to L.A. for a girl. Oh, good call. Yeah, this girl. I, we were doing the long distance thing. She just moved there, and two weeks, th two weeks there, we break up. And oh, I'm like what the fuck am I doing? Did I, you have a lease? I had a new apartment. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Didn't know anyone. I was devastated. Yeah, of course. I was in love with her, and then. Uh, I just go to the Hollywood Improv and sit in the back, and I, I was just sitting in the back and drink. And, and Rita, this is O two. This is O five. O five. Okay. And Rita, who runs it, she's still the GM. She's originally from Cleveland. If she found out, she felt bad for me, so she would like buy me food and and I just watched like Chappelle, gotcha. everybody, Gaffigan. Dane was at his height at that time. Oh yeah, he was massive. Huge. I think it was that might have been even before the uh, retaliation or whatever came back came I think out. So. I know, I mean, he was MySpace 
Dane all the way. Oh, yeah, he was massive in then. So I was like, I, I got to do this. Well, and I loved him. I mean, his... I was at that age, though. Like, his Comedy Central half hour and then him exploding on the... Uh, Harmful if swallowed. That's a great album. It, I don't care what anybody it. says. It's funny. Yeah. I'll so was his that. half hour. It was very funny. Yeah, of course. I mean, when he he had to came out of the tank top and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's funny. He gets a lot of shit, but uh, I well, mean, I it was props. at the time too. It really was reminiscent of the rave culture that was going on in two thousand one. That very like yeah. sort of punky rock, weird like. Dudes wearing way too much silver jewelry and greasy hair, yeah. you know, like it was just how it was. It made sense to me because I was that I was a raver and a drug addict. Yeah, so and for like, some I, reason, I he appealed to me just the same. That's funny. I didn't it was know funny. That. Well, he did stuff like references. You reference the Kool Aid Man. Yeah, you're gonna laugh because you're 19 and you know what the guy's talking about. There's right. not a lot of comics that relate to you on other levels. That's why Norm was so great. Absolutely. Because Norm would relate to you on things that you understood. It wasn't just about, you know, yeah. standard comic shit. Yeah. You know, if it's, if it's a relationship, he's talking about rape. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically, we go, I, I, after watching these monsters go to the stage, I'm like, I'm going to do this. And it, I only used stand-up to cope for my breakup. Like, it gave me something to do. Sure. And, and then I became really obsessive-compulsive over it. And then I got... A lot of heat quick because somebody saw me do a tight six minutes and it was like I pulled it out of my ass and yeah and I was getting a lot of stuff I did not deserve and I knew it and yes I, that's why I came home I was like I gotta really learn how to do this yeah no I dude I had the same thing when I started I was headlining after like a year in a lot of clubs especially in Michigan and then I was invited to do HBO's I think it was 2005, I want to say. I got to look. Maybe 06, but it was HBO Best Young 21 Comedians in the Country. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I just ate my dick, but so did a lot of people. Yeah, it was a shit show. Okay. Like, they had a bunch of great... It was like the new version of the Aspen Comedy Festival, but they did it in Vegas. Uh, and then they had, like, Chris Rock and Ellen DeGeneres and all these people. And then they had the 21 comics for people who had lost at the tables and could get free tickets to this event oh, no. so they hated everybody except mike loftus i think okay but other than that hated everybody wow and yeah that was a nightmare but then in 07 i did live at gotham for comedy central and that was like 23 i think when we taped it yeah and that was like i was actually ready and prepared for that set i mean i look back on it and i would change everything about it but at the yeah. time i did very well for for what it was yeah um when did you work with Sam Tripley? I knew Sam when I moved to L.A. in 2012 because my friend Ken, who directed a movie I did, did all of Sam's editing, filming, like all the uh, Cash for Ass videos and stuff. Oh, that was <laughs> That's my friend Ken, who okay. does all that stuff. Yeah, because Sa Sam speaks very highly of your comedy, too. Yeah, Sam's great. Well, Sam also, at the time, is the one that helped me get on at the Comedy Store in a few places, like, you know, opened a couple doors for me oh, when cool. I had first moved there. So it was a lot... It made it a lot easier because I, I was already in a comedy and magic in the Ice House. Yeah. But I wasn't really in anywhere on the strip. Right. And he got me, you know, into a couple places. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Sam's good like that. He's he is. Guy. And he's funny as hell. Oh, yeah. Very. He's one of those guys, like, you don't understand why they're not bigger. Like. Yeah, I don't get it because he knows everybody and he started with everybody. He's gotten so many people passed at the comedy store. Like, he's kind of responsible for a lot of these 
like Sebastian Maniscalco, Burt Brenner, and so he got so many. Oh yeah, he's a staple. Yeah. Well, it, he was there like when I was doing 2012, dude. The store was not the place to be, Ooh, no. and Sam was still loyal. But I mean, I was going up at like 11 o'clock at night to Hungarian immigrants, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like people who didn't even speak the language. And every now and then you'd get a good Hollywood crowd, right? But for the most part, dude, it was a pain in the ass. Sure. Now it's the hottest thing in the world ever. You can't get Sold in. Sold out every night. I can't believe that the 180 it took. I thought it was going to be a parking lot by now. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it really became something. I don't know how. Well, it's, uh, Rogan, I don't know what, I think it was the improv or something. I don't remember what club he was a regular at, but. Rogan, the imp- or the comedy store was. Yeah, and I mean, he started going to the store, and I think I think Rogan's the reason it's that crowded. Yeah, I think, and then everyone just kind of popped up around him with Marin and Dalia and, yep. you know. Now you can throw Kreischer in the mix, and they're all like store guys. And Bill Burr came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Marin, I saw there a couple times. Jeff Ross was always there. Like there were some guys who always held on and did shows there. But now it's everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's one of those things. Like I, like I, I I've kind of, I've, I've kind of. Uh, come that piece that I'll never work the store <laughs> it's unless something crazy happens <laughs> now yeah I mean I, I don't even it's weird because all these rooms like I just I guess I don't I mean I would do it in a heartbeat but I'm not out there so I don't really right. care like I'm happy that I did it all the times that I did yeah but at the time there was this dude named Tommy who we looked like Tom Petty we called him Tom Petty busboy that's funny and I guess he was the guy who was the reason the store was tanking Oh, yes. Because he was just a jackass to yeah, people. Yeah, and yeah. finally, when they fired him, people started coming back. Yeah. Because he would, he'd pull me aside one day. He's like, one day you'll be headlining, right? And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, like you'll be in Iowa. And I was like, I was literally headlining in Iowa two weeks ago. And he wouldn't even hear you. He'd be like, no. And what you're going to need to like, he would pull you aside and talk about your beats and your rhythm. And Oof. it's like, you don't know a goddamn thing about comedy. Oh. And I think he rubs so many people the wrong way, he started tanking the club. He's the Lee Herlins of the comedy yeah. store. <laughs> yes, exactly. I know Lee's not going to listen to this. <laughs> I don't think he listens to anybody. I don't think Lee's had a conversation with anybody ever. Just been one long monologue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's just for a couple of uh, the Cleveland comics that are listening. Some guy in Iowa right now is like, who the hell's Lee Herlins? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> who the hell is he? Point taken. <laughs> so then you... Uh, then you know you're 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 bopping around the country. I, I I've known you for a long time, just from you know. Yeah, at least the road. Ten years, if not more. Yeah, and didn't you do last comic standing? I did. Yeah, that yeah. was twenty. Well, I did it in. You got two, some heat from that, right? Yeah. Well, I did it in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, but it was the whatever that manager's name is. Barry Katz. Barry Katz years. Yeah. So you were only brought in as tough competition and let through. So my jokes got aired, but I didn't advance. I gotcha. So uh, that gave me a little bit of heat at one time because a lot of people were watching NBC back then. Yeah. And then when I was actually like a finalist, that was 2014. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. You went pretty far. I, remember. I did, yeah. Yeah. And then I got, I offended Roseanne. Or she, she didn't get a joke, and I really? made fun of her for not getting the joke, yeah. and then I She's wasn't really on the show at, anymore. She has tough times with jokes. No, it's pretty, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, it's pretty ironic that uh, I was kicked off a show because she didn't get a joke, and now she's been kicked off a show because they didn't get her joke. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's hard for me to look at that and not gloat a little, because, you, you know, sometimes yeah. what goes around comes around, Roseanne. I'm not saying, you know, because you kicked me off. 
network TV. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I I hope that doesn't hurt as much. Oh wait, it hurt me a lot. Yeah. For six months, I had I had therapy because of it, Roseanne. Who was there? Who was the panel? Uh, Keenan uh, Keenan Thompson, who's or Keenan Thompson, Keenan Wayne, Keenan yeah. Ivory Waynes, who's one of my heroes. Living color, dude. I grew up watching it. I'm gonna get you suck as one of my favorite oh. movies. When I made him laugh, dude, it meant me and my dad would watch it every Sunday before Married with Children and after The Simpsons. Yeah, you know, I grew up with it, that, and I uh, yeah, and Russell Peters, who was very nice. Russell, yeah, I forgot. He and was on that. Roseanne, who was very nice up until that day, she really liked me up until that day. <laughs> and I kind of wonder now, looking back on it, I wonder how much of it was NBC to push me out of there for being a little bit more irreverent and not having like a handicap who, who was it Josh Blue in that no uh, Rodman Rodman okay yeah I remember that yeah Rodman Rodman I love how every comedy club like Rodman just left or he's on his he's gonna be there next week yes every he's still drawn off of it really I think so that I mean been you I well I doubt it <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna like Rodman more than me more family friendly <laughs> I want to know Rodman's real name I don't know what it is he I mean he did very well on the show I mean he was right for that show I mean personally I thought Joe Mackey and Lachlan were better yeah but Rodman was definitely I guess I'm just being humble. I he's a he's, he's a one name urban act, <laughs> a fake name. It's, it's just I don't know. Just anybody who uses the my name's Candy Cane. I don't really. My favorite uh, respect, and I can't take credit for this. I think it was Ryan Dalton that came up with this. Uh, our favorite fake urban name. Yeah, Mo Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Uncle Pimpin was at the show the other day. Yeah, Uncle Pimpin. That was, Uncle uh, Pimpin. And, uh, what a treat. See, I started with a lot of guys who are urban in Detroit, and yeah. like Kool-Aid is a really funny comedian. Kool-Aid? His name is Kool-Aid. It's not a bad Right, but it's, it's C-O-O-L-A-I-D-E. Oh, you don't want to get sued. Exactly. So, <laughs> but I still, it's like, why don't you just be you, though? Like, you're a great comedian. Like, there's nothing even really urban about him. It's like if Chappelle went by dynamite. Yeah. There's no need for it, you know? My favorite story, there's a comic, I'm not going to say his name, in, from Cleveland, and he had a one-syllable name, a fake mm, name. Mm -hmm. And we were working with Patrice O'Neill, and it was just... It was right when Patrice just did the roast, so he's having his pop right before. Oh yeah, was he at the improv? Yeah, well, he's improv, packing the old it. House. Yeah, yeah. And O and A fans were all out to see him, and we're in the green room. And now I'm not gonna say his name. He he comes in and he goes, <laughs> "What's your real name?" And he goes, "What do you mean?" He goes, "What's your real name?" And he goes, "Come on, what's your real name?" He tells him his real name. He goes, "What's wrong with that name? What's wrong with that name?" And I swear, after that week, he went by his real name. He dropped the fake name because of Patrice. Well, Patrice was just destroyed him. Yeah, because Patrice was somebody who never, through his career, tap danced for Whitey. Yeah, and that's kind of what that looks like. And exactly. I, I think that's why so many people respected Patrice. Is there anybody that said "fuck you" more to the industry and others? That. I was thinking the other day, wouldn't it be great to have Patrice during these times right now? Dude, I would like to have it just to be on our show. Yeah. I yeah. just want to see him with me and Anthony. Like, I, Elephant in the Room is my favorite special. Yeah. And it was one of those I turned on and just going, like, this should be pretty good. And I've never laughed harder at anything. Yeah. It's, it's good that people are, now that he's gone, they're putting him up in the legendary status. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
the alt community has more labeled him as a misogynist and hateful oh. and, you know, that sort of a thing. But real comedians yeah. uh, see him as the legend that he is. <laughs> I know. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, hanging with Anthony, does he tell you any side stories about Patrice? That Oh, he loved Patrice. Yeah. I think they were very good friends. So, yeah, Patrice will come up a lot in conversation, especially if they talk about the O&A days or they get a caller. The legendary moments seem to all involve Patrice O'Neill. Right, exactly. You know, it's pretty insane. I'll go back on YouTube to this day and listen to some old O&A with Patrice and Bill Burr in studio. It's, yeah. I mean, it was fucking firepower. Oh, yeah. It was just, it's, I, I would drive in my car and swerve off the road. I was just laughing so hard at yeah. them. It was brilliant. Yeah, I, I know there's like the, the, the Opie thing with Anthony, but I mean, they were great together. I don't care. Yeah, them, those two and Jim were a great show. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I don't know. I've never met Opie, so I always kind of play along. Yeah. And obviously, Anthony's the one who gave me a shot, you know. Right. And uh, and I respect Anthony. Anthony and I click. Yeah. I don't. I don't know Opie, and I hear so many mixed things about him, you know. Yeah. But I. I can't. It's hard for me to shit on him. I, I know I know him, but yeah. I think I'm not like really tight with him. But he's always been nice to me, so right. I don't have any problems. And it's like I have a situation in Cleveland with my old radio show. Like, yeah, like we we don't get along, so people take sides and camps. And of course they do. I'm sure they're gonna say horrible things about me, and I'll say horrible things. So. I just try to stay like, hey, he's cool to me, so I don't, I don't have a problem. It's yeah, I feel there's enough people that, especially now that I'm on Anthony's show and I've taken on all the O&A universe of yeah. people that... Oh, you're uh, in. Oh, dude, it's a, yeah. it, it's a psychosexual obsession that I've never experienced right. before. It is psychotic, dude. Like, the people that hate them are... It's unreal. It's, I, it's like, I don't know what these guys did to you. Like, entertain you on the radio? It's a radio show. Yeah, Calm the fuck down. Yeah, yeah. Change the channel. Before we jump into that, so you start coming on Compound Media on Anthony's show, yes. right? And is it Anthony just more or less take, take a liking to you? How did, how did that all evolve into you being the co-host now? We clicked the first day, uh, which was, I think, like 2015. Yeah. And we just had a really good show. I was and then, intimidated the first time I went on. Yeah, I... I don't know what it was. I, I was definitely intimidated that yeah. I can't pretend I wasn't. Right. I still am to some degree. I'm sitting next to a guy who I who is a legend. Yeah. And I fucking love. So it's it's why I laugh. Like people was like, You giggle a lot. I'm like, 'Cause I'm giddy and happy. I'm yeah. a happy person sitting next to a guy that funny. Yeah. Um, but I came in, in fifteen, we just kept having like good vibes, playing off each other well. Yeah. They asked me to guest host a week. Um, and then after that, a couple months later, I got offered the job. Yeah, and that was it. You know, he's gone on to say that he has the 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 only person he has chemistry with, like you, is Jim Norton. Is Norton? Yeah. So that's kind of high praise. It's pretty insane to hear that. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, and like they'll be sitting there complimenting me, and I don't know if it's the Irish in me, but I don't know how to take it. Yeah. So I just kind of sit there and stare a thousand yards in front of me, just like thanks, appreciate it. Right. It's cool, though. I mean, it's something that I, I, there's no doubt that I had some dream driving around of like, oh, I just wish I was in that room and one of the hosts of this show. Oh, absolutely. Not thinking it would ever happen. Yeah. But it did. I was so happy because you're like, like a Midwest guy. You're out there. You're doing the work. You know, you're the road guy. You got the family. And for anyone to get a break just for the, just because of their talent, I'm happy. Thank you. Like, just they, they earned this. There was no 
you you had to kiss someone's ass or you knew a person. No, that was the benefit of this is I seem to have most people, especially comics, in my corner. Yeah. Because I've opened doors for people and I've been around for, you know, Jesus, 17 years to some degree in the comedy community. So it's not it's not like I didn't take the very long road to get here. You know. No, it's it, it was well deserved, and you know, especially with the, the business is operating right now with like gatekeepers and all the craziness that's going on. Oh, right the now. ego and every ego has swollen into something that isn't even ego can be healthy, but right. whatever this is is gatekeeping and being proud of it is not okay. These top ten comics to watch list are just hilarious. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> I just don't get it, man. Oh well, it's it's not comedy. It's Hannah Gadsby and all that other stuff that I'm supposed to pretend is amazing. And, and, and the sad part is, is these the, the, these people are looking at Hannah Gadsby and they're like, "This is the way it has to go." I'm like, "No, no, it's not." It, here's what I don't get about her, and I've I've said this on other shows. They're saying how she went out there and was talking about her painful thing that happened to her in her case, rape. Like it's never been done before, and it's like. What do you mean, Titus and Richard Pryor and yeah. all these people who have who have opened their souls for forever? It's always been a part of comedy. Yeah. The only thing is, before it had fucking jokes in it. Yeah. It wasn't twenty minutes of you know average stand up followed by another twenty of telling you why all men are assholes and how she was raped. It's a rape TED talk. Right. <laughs> yeah. Where she was raped apparently way too many times. <laughs> I just feel it's a lot of times to like. What do you mean four? <laughs> I mean, granted, I guess I was arrested thirteen times for alcohol, yeah, that, so we don't all learn a lesson. But, yeah, but you know, I know I knew where the cops were, not to drive by them. Yeah, I question one of her rapes. I really I believe it's three. I yeah. don't have anything to back it up. But yeah, I, I just I feel like it's I feel like it's a quarter dozen. That's all I'm saying. I feel like the fourth one's exaggerated. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it happened, but there's a way to talk about stuff and make it hilarious and relatable, yeah. and she didn't. She just said how, and I'm sure it was touching to people and more of a one-man show, but to say all comedy has, like, if you want some comedy to go that way, fine. Yeah. But to say that we're all supposed to do this, uh, what are people going to do? Like, well, honey, I'm going to buy $15 going down to the comedy club, and uh, this girl's going to tell me how she was sexually abused for 45 minutes. <laughs> I think I, I just got inspired to do like a small sketch. I want to do like a, a trailer for my new special coming out, and I'm just talking about how I was I was raped and yeah, there, no <laughs> one's laughing. <laughs> it's just gonna standing on stage, or just say the most tragic thing, and everyone's going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> just cut out to like a Def Jam audience when Bernie Mac was on. <laughs> my mother died from cancer in January. Yeah, exactly. And you see like dudes standing, like you're, you're high five in the audience. <laughs> I was molested as a child. Come on, everybody! <laughs> and I've, I, you know, and I've talked about uh, my mom's death, my dad's death on stage and stuff, to, and, and tried to make it funny. And some of it works, and some of it does. It's, it's a very difficult thing to talk it about. Is. And I, and I've, I've definitely done it where I'm like, okay, that was too heavy, and now I'll do like a few bits about it that are funny. But it's a very difficult thing to do. And if you're not able to do it yet, putting out a special and being called amazing doesn't make sense to right. me. Because like, oh, you didn't figure it. Out, neat. I'm trying. I'm tr- my mom died in January. I'm sorry and, to hear no, that. Yeah, it's, but I'm like I'm trying to talk about it on stage. And yes, it's hard. It's very hard. It's very hard. But I also I don't want to bum the audience out because I, I just don't know how to make it funny yet. Like I'm trying to make it funny, and that's the difficult 
but I could easily go full on Hannah Gadsby and right. everyone out. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> right. And that's, you know, like I did, uh, my mom died uh, a couple years ago and it was, I was working actually hilarities. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Oh, it's happened. So, I mean, <laughs> she deserved it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Terrible. She died in a fire. She started in a full daycare. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, she, uh, we were doing it the night before, and I started talking about it that weekend on stage. Like, I, I was yeah. supposed to be at the Comedy Castle the following weekend, and I was like, if I cancel this, my mom wouldn't like that. Yeah. It's the last thing she would want me to do, so I'm just going to do it. And I talked about it, and it was very fresh and very new, and it worked. Like oh, it, wow. it really related to him because I put my heart into it, and I was so fresh with the jokes. I wasn't even making jokes, but I'm like, this is literally the process of picking out a casket. This is, you know, how some of them were just, it's creepy, because yeah. they're like, this one's got a leather, but, you know, if you don't like your mom, we have this one. <laughs> That's funny. You know, it's very, and I was explaining it just how I had seen my week. Yeah. And I wish I had recorded it or done something, because it would have worked yeah. probably more but it was just something that i needed to put out just out of my mouth in front of people and then i kind of shut the door on it and yeah. it, it's because it's it's really it is tricky especially when you're away from it when the more the weeks go on and the more you get used to it being a part of your life it's hard to reopen that vein and it's hard to even want to reopen yeah. that vein yeah the, the, the i'm not gonna give away the bit because it's not really not a bit like one thing that stuck out of my mom's funeral that i want to make is uh i had an uncle come out yeah. The smoke, and he was like, man, this is a depressing funeral. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what would you expect? Strippers, Circus Olay, a DJ. I really <laughs> thought your mom's funeral would be a good time for everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's got to feel nice. I, uh, but the one I talked about was we went into my mom's room after she passed, and I don't even want to use the term dad, but stepdad or whatever yeah. you want to call this guy was in my life. I, um, I've had that. I have the same guy. Yeah, yeah, where it's like he wasn't any part of raising me or there, yeah. just somebody my mom met, and then we all had to deal with him. Yeah, um, I had the same dad, stepdad. Yeah, such yeah. a useless turd. My yeah. dad was such a wonderful person that yeah. like, I never called him anything except his name. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's great. And, but we were in the room and we're going through stuff and I open up a dresser drawer, which is a mistake, Ooh. and there's lube in there. Oh, no. And my stepdad looks and he pulls it out and he goes, uh, in the saddest way, he goes, oh, well, we're not going to need this anymore. Oh Do you God. and your wife want it? <laughs> I swear to God. That is brutal. And I was just like, what the fuck? And my joke on stage was like, I'm banging my wife like, is this new lube? Yeah, it was my mom's. <laughs> Found in her drawer while cleaning everything out because she died. <laughs> yeah, it was the most creepy thing. And I just looked at him in the room like, what the fuck is... No, I don't want it. He's <laughs> like, all right, well, I'm just saying you could have it. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't I don't use you and my mom's sex lube. <laughs> uh, okay, I got to circle back around. Let's get off our dead mom. Okay. And <laughs> Literally. <laughs> We're 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 in a graveyard on top of two bodies right now. That's why it's been such a loud. So, so now you're now you're on the show with Ant, and we were talking about the the O and A fans because you're yes. in the universe now. Yes, you're in the whatever that is. Yeah, I, I think the only time I, I've never seen seen the O and A fans compliment anyone. Maybe Kevin Brennan. They like Kevin. Yeah. That's about it, because he, he's pretty much a troll too. He's an internet troll. Yeah, they they, they like Kevin, they like Brian, and they like uh, they like Gavin. It's a bit of a mixed bag, and in hot water they enjoy. Yeah, 
Okay, yeah. And in, in How Water, they seem to have to earn it, but now everybody's like, oh, it's brilliant. I'm like, it always was brilliant. Yeah. It's just, it's they're, they have the biggest balls in radio. Aaron Berg really ooh, swings for the fences, man. Dude, he doesn't give a <laughs> fuck. When there's a school shooting and they're interviewing the bullet. <laughs> I mean, that's... Dude, it's stuff that, like, we go so far in our show that I'll leave and be like, wow, this is all recorded. <laughs> and then I'll watch their show, and I'm like, ours is very tame compared to what they just did this morning. <laughs> they, even the even the girl across the hall is kind of nuts. Yeah. They have a girl who comes in and does a dead-on impression of her, and the other day she was wrapped in tinfoil. Jesus. <laughs> just, it's incredible. Yeah, they, de- they definitely go for it. Yeah. Um, so... Now that you're a part of this thing, does it just seem weird? It's 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 amazing because people come out to the show who want to see me, and they want to buy like a calendar with my face on it. And they yeah. want to take a picture, and it's like this is the first time in my career, besides like a few months after last comic, where people literally came out to see me. Yeah, and now they're actually more rabid about it. Like they really, and a lot of them, I like. People look at it like an insecurity. The reason why I do talk to people online and retweet positive stuff is because it's nice. Yeah. And people could be assholes. And I appreciate it when somebody's nice to me. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just the Midwest in me, but I, I talk to people like they're people. Unless you've wronged me, especially being a recovering addict and alcoholic, we're all on the same playing field. Yeah. So I don't look at myself as better or worse. Right. So I don't see the problem with communicating with your fans. Just yeah. my opinion. Um, now, conversely, yeah, there's Reddit pages. My, I don't like, obviously, that my wife and kid were attacked. Yeah. My wife's gorgeous. They want to call her fat because Kevin and I got in that tiff on Jim yeah. and Sam where, dude, it was nothing. It was just, that's, that's um, how radio is, you know? Right, and it's yeah. like Kevin and I shake hands. I like Kevin. I've always liked Kevin. You know that. Yeah. So it's, it's bizarre to me how people ran with that and the shit that I've seen them say to him and stuff in the ba- it's like guys calm the fuck down yeah. like it's not that big of a deal we're two guys that got a little hot headed for five minutes and it just happened to be on radio right um, but yeah the dude the hate like the people who make documentaries about like Jim and fucking I know there's a six part documentary that's longer than two of the Godfathers on Anthony right now where whoever did it is filming outside of Anthony's house. That's are you serious? Yeah. That is creepy. Dude, it's not like I just want to meet the guy and be like, What what's wrong with you? <laughs> like this isn't what you did like this is what anybody does. It's yeah. ins- that's insane. Like the obsession with some of these people is dude, it's just disgusting. It's weird. I mean, from my radio experience back in Cleveland, like the people, they really think they have ownership of you in some weird way. Like they know you, mm-hmm. and it's you know, I have so many. I have a ton of fake Twitter accounts about me, and oh, mine like, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's it, it it's, it's 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 interesting. People put so much time and energy into that. It's just. I don't think I like anything that much. Well, and they'll anything. have... No, oh, dude, I don't, that's why. Like, I don't promote myself as much as these people spend time making videos about me. Yeah. I'll find, I found one today. It was like Dave Lando was telling the same story again, like Artie Lang. And it's like, me and Artie are both better than you yeah. in every way. <laughs> yes, I've reiterated a couple stories a couple times, depending if it's on topic. Who hasn't done that on radio? That just means they're listening every day. <laughs> yeah, they're listening constantly. to everything you're doing, which is good. Yeah, but eerie. And if especially if you're listening to just create hate, yeah, 
it's a bizarre thing to me. But it's like you said, there's this obsession where, yeah, there's dude, there's Twitter accounts about me. There's Dave Landau's fat. Like the fat one started cracking me up, like the yeah. land cow one and stuff. Like it bothers me that you would attack my wife and my family, yeah. or like you would make uh, ones of Anthony's dead mom. <laughs> Jesus like Christ. shit like that. It's like, yeah. look, dude, come at me all you want, but when you're attacking people who aren't in the business, yeah. you're just being pathetic. You're you're being an insecure piece of shit, and you need to stick to me. Like, don't go at people's families who don't have anything to do with. I had this. Bobby Bobby Kelly on the podcast, and I, I was talking to him about the O and A fans. Oh he yeah. Goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, I go, do you? I go, you feel like. Uh, proud of what you've done he's like oh what help create some of the worst fans in the world ever <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. yeah dude some of the past it's one thing to be a pest but a lot of them really are yeah and it's creepy yeah well bobby even said that about his you know what dude site he's like i think i should take the message board down because it's just people saying i'm fat <laughs> and that's what that's that's what mine's become too <laughs> But I just get told I'm fat all the time where it's like, of course I'm fat. I'm in my mid-30s and I, I, I'm five, 5'5 five and I eat like a grown man. <laughs> but you know, a lot of these people that, that trash you, if you meet them, like, they're, they're probably like, they'll buy a calendar, they'll do everything. All the time. Yeah. No, there's people that will come out to shows and be like, I'm this guy. And I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. And it's only happened a couple times, but they're like, well, you, I thought that's what you like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I was talking to E-Rock about this. He he says, you know, the difference between the fans, the, the, Bobby Kelly, Bill Burr, they're the funniest people in the world. Anthony Cumia, you, like, these are the funniest people in the world, and they're trying to, they're tr they think you're on that level. They're trying to emulate you with these message boards and stuff. Absolutely. But you're not the funniest people in the world. You're not. No, and <laughs> that's the problem with social media, too, is you've given these people, these delusional people, the idea that you're the same. Yeah. And you're all on an equal playing field. And it's like, no, I'm in this seat making my uh, $200 a week, I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> because that's it's the, it's kind of coin my four-figure annual salary that I'm able to command. I, I said this before, but it's just I don't... Like when I was younger, like being a celebrity was like I, I, I didn't, I would never meet Tom Cruise. Now I right. can tweet Tom Cruise. That's not. I That's should, insane. I, I shouldn't be able to communicate with Tom Cruise. Ever. No, I should never be able to talk to. The, I should never be able to tell Tom Hanks I didn't like his movie. Yeah. Oh, I saw that yesterday. I, I went and saw the new Halloween, and I was like, oh, I enjoyed that. On Twitter, which yeah. is the biggest mistake ever, because 10 minutes, yeah, everybody's saying how awful it is, and it's like, you know, it's a, it's a slasher movie, where a guy wears a mask. It's it's a sequel to part, like, oh yeah, why was all this crap from other movies in there? Well, it was a sequel to part one, not the other one, so they were Easter eggs as a tip of the hat yeah. to the other movies. Whatever, homo. All right, I don't want to do this all day. <laughs> so now you're homo. <laughs> It's like, sorry, I enjoyed something. Like, never say you enjoy something. Yeah. You must hate everything. That's what it is now. You must be anti-everyone and hate everything. It just It's crazy, man. That's great. We're almost at an hour. Now, Dave, where can people find you? Uh, DaveLandau.com. Uh, Twitter is at LandauDave. Instagram is DTLandau. Uh, what? Get it together, man. I know, right? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I think that's it, right? YouTube yeah. is Dave Land I don't put any videos up, though. And Monday through uh, Thursday. Compound Media, yeah. www.compoundmedia.com, or download the Compound app. If you're listening and you want 20% off, Compound 20. Really? I didn't yeah, know Yeah, it's the code. Capital C, Compound 20. 
and that'll get you 20% off your first month. We call it giving you a taste to get you hooked in. Yeah. Just like a little bit a little bit of crack just yeah. to keep it coming back. Yeah, a little bit. A little tease well, the nipples. I'm releasing this on Tuesday, so I will be on the Anthony Cumia with Dave Lando on October 31st, Halloween. I will awesome. be in studio, and I'm doing uh, the Bill Schultz on the 1st. And Are you, know, you doing Gotham that night by chance? I emailed, uh, uh, what's his name? Sean? Yeah, Sean. He never got back to me. You hit him up again, because, yeah, I'm on I'm a Gotham then, because we can just go over there. Yeah, I'll, I'll go hang I'm for I'm on sure. that night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll definitely. Are you, what are you doing, Comedy Juice, or? No, just uh, their regular Gotham All-Star show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never, I wait, no, I did do Comedy Juice once, but I've, I've, I don't do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I pretty much just do that, Dangerfields, and um, Caroline's. Okay. Go to DaveLandow.com. Thanks, Dave. All right, thank you. Yeah. Bunch of bunch of bunch of bullshit. 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 Bunch of bunch of b